When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get to spend some time today with the chair of the city council, Richard McGinnis. Richard, thank you very much for carving out some time early this morning. Yes, good morning, Dale. Uh, Let's go to the past city council meeting. Lengthy testimony Monday night on an (laughs) ordinance from fellow council member James Michael Bowers to prohibit conversion therapy on minors. Where are you on this issue? Uh, I'll, I'll probably be voting in favor of banning conversion therapy. It is not a good practice. I think most people understand that and most of the professionals understand that. And that's where I'll be swayed a lot by the different professionals that showed up and, and sent us letters saying that this was not a good thing to have in the city at this point. In listening to some of the testimony, by the way, good listeners, hours and hours worth of (laughs) testimony from citizens on both sides, I was drawn to the argument that some had, yes, I oppose conversion therapy, but yes, I also do not support this ordinance. Uh, As one uh, articulate gentleman put it, it uses the word any conversion therapy or any therapy that would be involved and in his opinion it would even restrict registered therapists and people whose intentions would be honorable uh you weren't uh changed your mind wasn't changed by those arguments no not at this point um i think it could work its way through a little bit and maybe we need to change some of the language in there if people really feel like it's too punitive at certain points and and too exact, um, I think we'd be willing to look at that. But the overall intent is something that I think we were going for and most everyone agreed that uh, the conversion therapy of old uh, was not a good thing for a lot of people. And I know that you're savvy enough, Richard, to know that wording is everything and once it's passed and uh, etched and and implemented, it's pretty tough to go back and change it. So, yeah, every word means something in a bill or an ordinance or a law. Yeah, and they a lot of times, you know, it gets changed around and the intent of the bill gets uh, muted or changed because of the wording. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in bills. We see that in, um, you know, all kinds of things. It's the legislature. So... It, it's still, it, it could be a work in progress, but at this point, I think the intent to stop it while we can uh, is where we're going to go. And that comes up for a vote on Monday. Let's stay with this past city council meeting. Uh, also coming up Monday, a change in the city's pension plan proposed by uh, fellow council member Tammy Ward, removing a provision which reduces pension payouts for former city employees if they also receive workman's compensation payouts. This one can can be a little confusing, so let's break it down as best we can. How are you going to vote on this one and why? Well, I'll be voting in favor of the changes, of course. And what we need to do is be able to get the full uh, pension plans 
to the widows or survivors of people that are, are of our first responders that are injured or killed in action, um, I call it, that it, it's sad that it wasn't in there first and it's sad that something like this has to happen to be able to, for us to get this in the bill. That it was, again, words matter, Dale, and it wasn't in there to start. And they had to follow what it said. So she was not receiving her full pension or his full pension that he paid into for all these years. We're talking about the Mario Herrera uh, death last year where Lincoln investigator Mario Herrera was killed in the line of duty. His wife goes through the process to get compensation from the city, and this is where it was discovered. It's an either-or. Is is that accurate, Richard? It was either the pension or the workman's comp. You couldn't get both. Correct. So uh, we say it was the full amount that he would have been due, and... um, yeah, it was an either-or because there was no, I say, carve-out for mm-hmm. for injury or death during uh, why they're on duty. And as the attorney for Herrero's widow pointed out to the council, in, in her case, it would amount to about $2,800, nearly $3,000 a month difference. Can this be grandfathered back and allow her to take advantage of the change that would come? No. Oh, she will not be able to collect back pay on this, and that's a sad part about this. She understood it. Um, she would just like to get this corrected and move forward at this point. And wouldn't it be nice if it never was used? Correct. That's that's the sad part that we had to find out about this hard way. Richard, with all the discussion about the pension and the conversion therapy, I have to be honest, I lost track of the third-party food delivery services uh, (laughs) agenda item. Was a vote taken or did time run out? No, there was a vote taken. We added an amendment. Uh, It wasn't in there anywhere that the city or that the city council could end the ordinance on the third-party restrictions of what they could charge each other. Two private businesses could charge each other. Um, so we added that the city council would also have the right, without ending the emergency clause, we can go in and end this ordinance now without having to end the emergency clause. Before it was tied, it would only end when the emergency clause ended. And my problem on that is we tend to keep these emergency clauses in effect for a long time when we're collecting federal aid, especially through FEMA. Um, we could be years into this emergency clause, even after we're 100% open and everything's normal, we could still be in the emergency clause so we are able to spend the, the money or the federal money. And so I didn't want to tie it just to that. I wanted to tie it to um, something that would be, we could stop when the problem kind of goes away, the COVID. And the backstory on this is that as a result of COVID and the pandemic, uh, restaurants were implementing and taking advantage of delivery services. And Uber Eats, DoorDash, not to knock them on the heads, but they're two that come to mind. Those types of services were charging in addition to what the restaurant was charging for deliveries. And in even some cases, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they were even adjusting menu prices and collecting a little bit more than what the restaurant was collecting on menu prices. Yes, and some restaurants were bumping up their their prices if you would buy it through uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats because what we heard is they would charge the restaurant 30% value 
um, or get buy the food for a 30% discount and then charge you full. So if you were buying a $20 meal, they would, you know, they would buy it for $14 and charge you 20. Mm. Was it capped at 15%? Was the delivery? It is capped at 15%. Yes. All right. Richard McGinnis, uh, city council chair with me. We got a lot of things to talk about. I want to stay with budget, but uh, this is the first time that you and I have had a chance to talk since Lincoln's 14 and a half inch snowfall. (laughs) The first opportunity for the city, LTU, to implement its new snow clearing policy. A lot of complaints uh, to this one, uh, Richard. Some people weren't happy. What about you? Satisfied with the way it was handled and uh, what feedback have you received? Oh, of course, we've had a lot of feedback on this, Dale. You know how it is. When it affects you personally, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And a snowfall affects everyone individually and it affects them personally. Um, Overall, I I would give the city a good grade uh, just because of the amount and the efforts that they put into it. It was a Herculean effort. They worked really hard. They did a lot of things that they... You know, spent a lot of extra time on it. So it was. It was a large snowfall. It was, a, you know, one in whatever, 10, 15, 20. In this case, it was, what, 40 years or mm-hmm. 45 years? Goes back to snowfall. the 60s, mid-60s. Yeah. Matter of fact, Dale, I remember that snowfall. I thought that was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's because you were a kid. Exactly. <laughs> you were we were, you know, and back then, they didn't clear the streets. And um, there, there was snow on the streets probably for a good 10 days, packed. And we could go bumper sliding. I don't know if you ever tried to do that. That was a lot of fun. You could go get behind the buses and grab their bumpers and, nope. and go down the street, nope. slide down the street. On never them. did that. You I never tra- have their pavement like everyone expects to have now. I was a country uh, kid. <laughs> you had to work. Yeah. So, uh, Richard, yeah. Mayor Gaylor Bayard told me there would be a debriefing to review the plowing procedure. Are you aware of that being scheduled? Yes. Uh, I've talked with uh, Director Elliott, Liz Elliott, for the Lincoln Transportation. She's gathering a lot of information, and they are going to sit down and go through it all all the way from the contractors, how they handled things, to how the timing was done and such. So every snowfall is different, but they do learn, and I think they had a lot of good ideas. And they, they saw a couple of their shortcomings, and they have ideas on how to fix them. But overall, I thought they did a pretty good job. Of course, they're not going to get everything perfect, and, and it's good to hear from the people. Uh, and using some of the technology we have with the uplink um, seem to work. Uh, they've got snowplow maps now. That was a beta test this last go around. So they're updating those and going to fix those. So you'll have real time on knowing where the plows are and if your neighborhood is next or not. So Is that debriefing get... been scheduled, Richard? Pardon me? Has that debriefing been scheduled? I hadn't heard. She thought... I was hoping she said something by maybe the end of this week that okay. she could come public with a lot of what happened. She's doing a lot of the debriefing with her own staff, of course, right now. But All right. I'll reach out to Liz Elliott at LTU. Richard, yeah. before time gets away from us, I want to talk about two things. Money. Money's always important. Budgets and sales tax receipts. And then we'll get to a, a fun item of Camping World. Talk about city money. 
we've been started our budget process, and really we haven't gotten into the numbers and such, but what we've heard is what we uh, budgeted last year, remember it was a one-year budget, and we were downplaying the amount of sales tax that we could get. We uh, lowered the amount from the previous year, the amount of sales tax that we're going to receive. Well, we're pretty much uh, going to receive what we budgeted since we budgeted less. Um, so that is good news. We're waiting to see some of those numbers and when they come in. Uh, expenditures uh, in some of these departments were less, uh, just because people were working from home and we didn't have as much going on and going on in the departments. So some of the departments had some savings and in travel and sales to, or guests and other things. So. I'm looking forward to seeing what the real numbers are. I'm hoping they come in that we have been able to save some funds and uh, going forward we can create a, a dynamic budget without raising our, our taxes. And finally, Richard, tell us about Camping World. Well, I'm excited that we're getting another large retailer in town. Uh, Camping World is going to come out to the interstate at 56th Street. It will be uh, out north and um, they're gonna build over a 35,000 square foot showroom um, shop and it will be an RV camping um, dealership and where they'll be selling a lot of RVs and campers and such and they'll be employing you know, another 35 to 50 people. And I, I, the gentleman that came to, came to talk to us about it, said this is their number one. They've got five new dealerships that are opening across the United States. And Lincoln is the first one they want to get open. So he was pretty excited about that, other than being in Lincoln on Monday when it was one degrees. And he's from Arkansas. He didn't didn't appreciate that. But um, I, I, it's just good news that, people, that Lincoln's still attracting new retailers and new businesses. Well, as baby boomers, we we want to travel. We want to get out there. We cooped up in 2020. We want to get out and buy an RV and see what's out there. So right. timing is good. The United States. Yeah. You bet. Mm-hmm. Richard, always good catching up with you. Thank you very much. Be safe. Thank be warm. You, and, and yeah, enjoy the Chamber of Commerce weather. Oh, one quick thing, if I got a second, is to shout out to the convention and Visitors Bureau and the mayor and and Director Lopez about keeping Boise State basketball here. I think that's more of a shot in the arm, maybe not as much economically as it did, as it is mental that we're moving out of this COVID and, and into normal times. Richard McGinnis joining me on Lincoln Live.